This is the HIV Diaries Podcast. A production of Bruiser TV, LLC. The doctor is in. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for part three, finally, of the Reflection Series. <laughs> A four-part Reflection Series on the HIV Diaries Podcast on Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Facebook, facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now Pandora. That's right, everybody. We are now on Pandora. You see, we were on Apple Podcasts for the longest time, and then due to a technical snafu, we weren't. And the opportunity came to get on Pandora. And it kind of happened by accident. And I won't go into the whole, you know, technical th- thing with it, I guess. But it happened. And we are now on Pandora. So welcome to our Pandora audience. Thank you so much for checking out the program. And, and hopefully you dig it. Today is part three of a four-part series called Reflections here on the HIV Diaries. And what we're doing is we've been revisiting old shows, old topics, uh, things we've done in the past and kind of reflecting. So we'll look back on an old show and reflect back and um, kind of approach it from the point of view now, you know, and we'll talk about different topics. And today's topic is we're going to talk about my divorce. And this was a show as I was getting ready to do it, I was really thinking long and hard because we've got the holidays coming up, Christmas, New Year's, etc. of 2020 going into 2021 and 2020 has just been the year from hell. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. It's been the year from hell on a lot of different levels for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. And this has just been a terrible year for a lot of people, but it's also been a very eye-opening year. And in a way, we can look back and we can reflect because uh, we were kind of cavalier about a lot of things prior to coronavirus, COVID, etc. And COVID opened up a lot of people's eyes on a lot of different levels. And my divorce opened up my eyes on a lot of different levels. And it made me realize who I could and couldn't trust. And of course, that goes without saying with any divorce, because when you go through something as life changing and altering as a divorce, and for those of you who have never went through it before, it's it's kind of tough to explain. But when you go through it and you experience it and you survive it, it gives you a different sense of being and a different sense of worth. And it makes you realize that really at the end of the day, you have to worry about yourself. And that's kind of a selfish thing to say, but when you realize that the laws and the rules of, quote, marriage aren't written for you and they aren't written for the relationship, so to speak, as some people, good portion of them like to say, they're written for the opposing party And you realize that no matter what evidence you have and no matter what goes on and no matter what transpires, divorce not only is built for the other party, but unless there is a stroke of the wand that prevents it from happening, when you go to divorce, you're going to get taken to the cleaners. However, that's not what happened with me. And I don't want to say I got lucky because I didn't. Luck had nothing to do with my divorce. 
my divorce involved two people, myself and my ex-wife. But everybody else felt that they had to get involved in this. And a good portion of these people were on the opposing side. And there was abuse in my relationship that came from my then wife, now ex-wife. And I would try to tell people about what was going on. And nobody believed me because they all thought that I was the one doing this because she had convinced everybody. And, and this is the most dangerous type of abuser is when you get an abuser who believes their own lies, it makes it dangerous because now they can convince everybody else of their lies. And that was what happened with my marriage and with my partner uh, then. And, and so it turned into, it, it, it turned into a major problem. And every time I would try to cry for help, everybody made fun of me and mocked me to the point to where uh, mutual <clears throat> acquaintances slash coworkers that she and I both had <clears throat> were uh, taking to social media and encouraging her to do more of it to me. So guess what? That's what she did. There were some other things that were caught over time as well, things that she was doing. And I kept it all because I knew at some point in time, if things blew up, I was probably going to need it. Well, the blow up came in October of 2018 and I was um, on my way to go to a function with a local union group that I was involved with at the time. Uh, she got physical with me, pushed me to the ground, kicked me, tried to push over these racks of things onto me threw glass at me, uh, calling me a coward for no reason really whatsoever. And this video, for those of you who uh, would like to see it, and I can't believe I did this, but yes, it's online. You can see it. You can go to the Facebook page at facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries. And so upon reflecting back to look at that, I looked at the video and I looked at my life now just over a couple of years later. And, um, it's, um, it's interesting to look back now to see like, wow, I survived that. Wow. I lived through that, you know? And I started trying to think back, trying to remember things that went on during my marriage. And I was married for 10 years, no children that I'm aware of. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember much. I don't even, like, I, I, just, I just don't. I remember my wedding day. I remember a couple other things. But I'll be honest with you, I don't remember a good portion of my marriage. She went to jail for a little bit over it. And I didn't know she was there. And this is kind of an interesting story, and I've never shared this before publicly, at least that I can recall. I had worked out a deal, believe it or not, because this is how much I cared, and, and I'm not trying to brag here, but, you know, look, if I'm in your corner, I will do everything I can to protect you and to be there for you and to go to bat for you, but don't burn me because you will rue the day that that happens. So I worked out a deal where even though we had these legal issues going on, 
my then wife, now ex-wife, was going to be able to keep her job because at the time we worked together at the same place. And I had went privately behind closed doors and worked out a deal to where she was going to be able to keep her job. We were going to do opposite shifts. We weren't going to see each other. We were going to live separately because while all the legal stuff was going on legally, we couldn't be around each other. So I had worked out a deal, everybody involved, the labor group, the management group, security, everything. I had worked out the deal where she was going to be able to keep her job. Well, what ends up happening is during the time that she's in jail, which I didn't know she was there, something happened and she lost her job. So she gets out of jail and starts to really hammer me hard. And everybody else who was behind her, who encouraged her to do all these things to me, are all doing the same thing as well. They're hammering me and saying that I cost her her job when in reality, they didn't know that I had worked out this deal. She was the one who screwed it up, not me. That was what happened. Fast forward to December of 2018. Interestingly enough, Two years ago this week, believe it or not. And I, I realized that as I was looking it up. I was like, wow, two years ago this week. Jeez, you know. Two years ago this week, we went to court. And I was prepared to go to trial. I had everything I needed. And had we went to trial, there would have been some information that I had, I was sitting on. Uh, that would have resulted in a number of people who didn't know I was sitting on what I was sitting on being called as witnesses in some things. And due to that, uh, due to her accepting the plea that she did, it resulted in not going to trial. She accepted a guilty plea for a reduced charge, but she was still convicted nonetheless. So I felt vindicated from this because, you know, I had um, lived through all this trauma and here I was and I didn't back down. Because uh, I know, especially when I know I'm right, I don't back down from nothing. And if I have to die for something I believe in, then I will. That's just who I am. It's who I've always been. So she gets convicted of this and uh, decided after it was all said and done, I was going to go grab a bite to eat. And before I ordered anything, I went and said hi to some people. And while I was there, an incident takes place that helps shape the events that are about to take place uh, a few months after this involving former hiv care case managers and involving current hiv care case managers at the time a ryan white clinic involving an infectious disease doctor who is somewhat prominent yeah a lot of people were involved in this but i'm there and this incident happens and I get mocked over what happened. Like everybody was mad that she was convicted. I, you know, they got mad at me because that was ultimately what they were saying. It was my fault that I got abused. It was a no-win situation with these people, you know, and it was just sad because nobody understood the pain that I was going through. And when you get made fun of because your partner is abusing you and these same people that said all this stuff 
it's and they are they're encouraging it and now they're mad because you won basically it's just it kind of gives you an insight into how some people think you know it's like really you you don't find anything wrong with what happened to me okay even though she got convicted of it and it was on tape her doing those things to me which you can go to the facebook page and see i'm the bad guy it's my fault okay so divorce uh, was filed in, I believe it was January or February of 2020. I'm sorry, 2019. Jesus Christ. See, I can't even remember when I filed for divorce anymore. Uh, divorce was filed in January. Yeah, it was January of 2019. Or at least that was when I hired the lawyer. I'm sorry. I apologize. I need to be correct. That was when I hired the lawyer. And then I believe the divorce was filed shortly after. And the events that followed uh, during the course of the divorce were just sick from those same people that did what they did to me. Suddenly, I was having my medical care tampered with. And during the course of my divorce, all this stuff took place at uh, the UTMC Ryan White Clinic. And I've spoken before about um, those people over there. And we're going to discuss that on the next show because I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be. That's going to be on part four. We're going to discuss what went down at Ryan White. And uh, we're going to go into detail about some things that maybe you didn't know about. Because there's been a, there was an interesting little development that took place the early part of this year that led to me finally getting confirmation on paper about what happened. And um, there's some legal stuff that's going on still because of this. Um, it's the never ending story. It really is. But what I will say is, uh, before we head off here in regards to my divorce, uh, my divorce was finalized in July of 2019. I had to go down to Lima to get my dad to be my witness because nobody would be my witness during my divorce. And that is a true story. I couldn't get anybody to be a witness to my divorce because nobody wanted to go up against her. That's that's how crazy this shit got. Nobody wanted to go up against her. But I got my divorce and I'm a free man and I've been a free man since July of 2019. And yeah, I say free man, but it's true. I lived in a prison and I will never get married ever again, it's especially after everything I went through before and everything I went through during and after, hell to the no, I am never getting married again. If you put a gun to my head, that thing might as well be loaded and blow my head off because I ain't getting married again. No. <laughs> no. And as I said, no kids that I was aware of, so I don't have to worry about child support, thank God. And again, that sounds selfish, but look, you go through what I did, you're thankful you don't have to do any of this stuff, you know? And maybe I am still a little angry. And maybe I am still a little bitter, but again, go through what I went through and you'll understand. You know, I spoke before about um, the legal system being built, okay? Had it not been for that conviction, I would have had to pay alimony for the next X amount of years. I would have had to pay support. I would have had to take care of other things. I would have basically had to support her after what she did to me, but because of the conviction against her, when the time came for the divorce to happen, it was granted no fault, and I walked away a free man, and the only thing I had to do 
was pay for my lawyer, which I got blessed in that regard because of the insurance I have through where I work. I was able to get a decent lawyer at a really good price. Um, even though the lawyer I had handed the case off to somebody else because he didn't want to deal with it. And that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But yeah, all I had to do was just pay the insurance copay or whatever it was for my lawyer. And I was set. I got lucky, but had the conviction not taken place, even though there was plenty of evidence there, I would have still had to pay her. Can you believe that? Laws aren't built for people who are like me. You know, how dare I as a man be abused by a woman? Why didn't you just leave? Go to facebook.com backslash HIV diaries. Look for the last straw companion piece video and you watch that and then you ask that same question again. Why didn't you just leave? And if you're still asking that question after seeing that video, then I don't know what to tell you. Look at that video and you'll understand why. Oh, and by the way, that ain't the only video I have of some of the things that she did to me. That's just a little bit. That's the stuff that I was willing to publicly put out there. But what I learned from my divorce is you can be a stronger person and it makes you a fighter. At least it did me. And I'll take on the world now because you know what? After surviving what I did through my divorce, you'll understand more so in part four of Reflections, which will air here in a couple weeks, why I fight now. When you have a group of people who do anything and everything they can to not only destroy your life, but to kill you and they don't succeed and you come out on top. Oh yeah. It makes you fight. So stay tuned for part four, the final part in our reflection series. It's going to be fun, isn't it? (laughs) Oh man, I can't wait for the legal department at the University of Toledo Medical Center to come after me for this one because I got a feeling they're gonna. So stay tuned for part four coming soon. Pay attention to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries for any information on that program that will become available and when it will go online. Stay tuned, guys. All right. This is the HIV Diaries podcast on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, Podbean, Facebook, facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for joining us for the program. You all be good out there. Take care. Be safe. Enjoy the holidays. And uh, hey, the doctor has left the office. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>